This week we're continuing on and finishing up with this series of Habits for Life, the Habits of Jesus, and we're looking at this habit of service. And many of us, right, we know those stories of how Jesus is healing, he's feeding, he's showing up in all kinds of ways, he is serving people in whatever they need in that moment. And so to look at this, we're going to look at three stories, and often those three stories are separated out, even though they're all together in Luke chapter 5, but today we're going to put them all together because of the way it shows the different types of service of how do we begin to think about this as a habit instead of a lone isolation kind of thing, because service can feel overwhelming. It's like, okay, so is service like when we go and help out at a food pantry or a soup kitchen? Is it when we're taking up uh, clothing donations? And it can be overwhelming when we see needs like a homeless population. We see the needs of people that are massive and it almost feels overwhelming that why do anything when it doesn't seem to matter a whole lot in the whole. And so here we've got Jesus showing us with these three different stories, showing us in his words and our in actions, something about how we understand service as a habit, how it can look very different depending upon the situation so that we can kind of get a hold of it. As we look through, you may notice this topic of the Pharisees, which it was a group, it was a Jewish sect that was very, very concerned about the law and that the law of Moses had to be followed in a very particular way. And so we see them show up in stories, especially in the book of Luke, of them going, hey, wait a minute, you're doing it wrong. Because again, they had a very particular interpretation and so they will get upset, they will get angry with Jesus. And so it's that sense, right, of the critical of kind of like, well, if I try to do good, there's still haters. I can't seem to get at it because. And so how do you push through? How do you begin to push through and look at things differently so that service becomes an everyday habit in all kinds of ways? So we're going to begin in Luke, the fifth chapter, verses 12 through 16. Jesus was in one of the towns where there was also a man covered with a skin disease. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged, Lord, if you want, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, touched him and said, I do want to be clean. Instantly, the skin disease left him. Jesus ordered him not to tell anyone. Instead, Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses instructed. This will be a testimony to them. News of him spread even more, and huge crowds gathered to listen and to be healed from their illnesses. But Jesus would withdraw to deserted places for prayer. All right, so this 
skin disease. We don't know exactly what it is. Some have interpreted it as leprosy. But what we have to know is that skin diseases could be something as simple as a rash or something like eczema to something more severe, highly contagious. But it didn't matter in the ancient world. All of it was considered very bad. And so if a skin disease, anything on your skin showed up, it was, you've got to go. You are out of the community. You've got to go live somewhere else until it disappears. And so not only is this man suffering from something, suffering from an illness that is problematic, and he probably doesn't like it. We don't know the severity of it. But he also is suffering from being out of the community. He can't be at home. He can't be with his family. He can't be near any of them because he is considered unclean and he would make them unclean. And so Jesus finds this man in need. And we see right immediately, it's Jesus listening to the man, listening that sense of, okay, what am I hearing? What do you need? And the man gives it, says, this is what I need. And Jesus responds. So this sense of a habit of service is beginning with listening to understanding the person that is in front of us, understanding what they need. And then Jesus, Jesus says, okay, be clean. But he doesn't just stop there. And that's a really important thing. It's really important to notice what he does next. He goes, yeah, don't tell anybody. Now, some have interpreted this. This is sometimes called the messianic secret. They make TV shows about it, where Jesus says throughout, especially in the book of Luke, hey, don't tell anybody. And sometimes it seems to be because there's a sense of, I don't think you understand totally what's going on. But here, Jesus is like, no, don't go tell, don't tell anybody, but you need to go directly to the priest. You need to go directly and have them see that you are now healed, that you can now come back into the community. Do not wait. So Jesus responds here, goes far beyond something physical, something that's easily seen. Jesus is meeting a need that this one needs to be part of the community once again. And he's like, and here's how you're going to be able to do it. And so a sense of service is not just listening for that surface level of need, but beginning to hear more, beginning to get a sense of really what's going on here. This man needs to be part of the community once again. And Jesus is like, I'm going to help you do that. Here's how. And so Jesus is showing us how to begin to have a habit of service. There's a sense of listening. There's also a sense of risk because Jesus is taking a risk of becoming unclean himself by healing, by being even seen with this guy. And so the risk is taken and then he responds with serving of an act of service by being like, no, we're going to get you back into the community. We are going to get you back with people. And so to think about that, instead of service only being a particular type of thing, but to see how Jesus broadens it out of saying we serve one another in very different ways. We are responding to needs, but those needs kind of vary. 
And for this man, he needs to be back in the community. And so how do we begin to do that? So Jesus is giving us a way forward in service, broadening our understanding out. All right. Continuing on with the second story, starting in verse 17 through 20. One day when Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and legal experts were sitting nearby. They had come from every village in Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. Now the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Some men were bringing a man who was paralyzed, lying on a cot. They wanted to carry him in and place him before Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they took him up on the roof and lowered him, cotton all, through the roof tiles into the crowded room in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. All right, so here Jesus is out amongst the crowds. He's got his critics. The Pharisees have shown up ready to criticize and question every which way. They are just looking for something to critique him on. And so Jesus is there. He's teaching. He's, he's working with the people. And there's this guy and who's outside of, again, a sense of outside the immediate circle, outside the community, who is lying on the cot, who is paralyzed. And his friends, his friends are like, we've got to get him. We've got to get him to Jesus. We have got to get him to experience Jesus. And so what are we willing to do? So the friends, we see this again, this risk being taken. This risk being taken and saying, okay, here we go. And they lower him. They take him up on the roof and lower him to right there in front of Jesus. And we could kind of imagine what that would look like as everybody sitting around Jesus is like, what, what is going on? What's happening here? Jesus sees this man and the first reaction the very first reaction is, your sins are forgiven. And you're like, wait a minute. It's a, again what we saw in the first one, that Jesus understands that there's far more going on here. And so Jesus is like, hey, you got to let things go. You can, you can be forgiven. God forgives all of us. Jesus is also calling all those who see this moment, calling us into that work, into that act of service. So now the service, the idea, the understanding of service is even getting more broad, that it's incorporating more. Jesus in John 20, 23 gives us a sense that, yes, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you don't, they are not forgiven. Here, Jesus gives us, gives us this you can forgive, you can help lighten people's loads. You can help lift people up. You can help encourage them. You can give them more than what you think. That you may not have the ability to cure disease like Jesus, although our scientists of this world are doing some pretty cool stuff. But there are other things we can do. There are other things that we can engage in that are acts of service. There is this sense of giving forgiveness. 
that that is an act, a habit of service that is directly connected to Jesus. And so to begin to even think along those lines of what are those things that we can give? If we can give forgiveness, what else can we give? And to understand that as being the habit of service. Continuing on in Luke 5, 21 through 22, here we get the Pharisees' response because they've been waiting The legal experts and Pharisees began to mutter among themselves. Who is this who insults God? Only God can forgive sins. Jesus recognized what they were discussing and responded. Why do you fill your minds with these questions? All right, here we go. They're critical, very judgmental, are ready to pull that hammer down. And Jesus gets what's going on. Jesus is like noticing, right? Because he's paying attention. Part of service, this habit of service, is paying attention. And so he does something. He doesn't criticize them in return. Instead, he asks them a question, a why question. Why do you fill your minds with these questions? And what's interesting about why questions, why questions are what motivates us. The whys of our life, that's what motivates us to do something. And so he is questioning their motivation. He's like, why? Do you understand why you have these questions? Why you are being critical? Why you are being judgmental? Do you understand your why, your motivation? And so here we get yet another aspect of service, of understanding why do we serve, why do we engage, or why do we not? Why do we help in particular ways and why do we not? What is motivating us to be that help, to be in service, to listen for that call from God? to listen for how we can be of help. And so we get, we get Jesus going, hey, do you guys understand your why? And it is like crickets. It's like crickets. And so he continues on in verses 23 through 26, which is easier to say. Your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But so that you will know that the human one has authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus now spoke to the man who was paralyzed. I say to you, get up, take your cot, and go home. Right away, the man stood before them, picked up his cot, and went home, praising God. All the people were beside themselves with wonder, filled with awe. They glorified God, saying, we've been unimaginable We've seen unimaginable things today. So the Pharisees really don't have an understanding for why. And Jesus is like, do you not understand why we are engaged in certain work and why you need to think about things, why you need to engage in this conversation of understanding what you're willing to do and what you're not? Because you might come to new understandings. In fact, your life might be transformed. So when Jesus is like, your sins are forgiven. Unburden yourself. You are free. You can let your past go. You can let those things that tie you down, you can begin to move forward. And he says, take up your cot and go. And the guy's life is transformed. 
And so Jesus is like, you know, if you understand why you're doing certain things, why we are engaged in certain work, people's lives may be transformed. Maybe our lives are transformed and maybe someone else's. That when we begin to understand, when we begin to listen to one another, when we begin to take those risks, when we begin to ask, okay, how can I serve on a regular basis? When we make that a habit, all of a sudden people's lives can begin to be transformed, changed in ways that we never expected, right? The people saw unimaginable things that day. And so to even think about that for ourselves, of how we are engaging in this work, in this service, that can bring about unimaginable things because God is with us because the living Christ is with us, because we see a different, we understand a different way of living that is possible. All right, finishing up in verses 27 through 32 of chapter 5. Afterward, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at a kiosk for collecting taxes. Jesus said to him, follow me. Levi got up, left everything behind, and followed him. Then Levi threw a great banquet for Jesus in his home. A large number of tax collectors and others sat down to eat with him. The Pharisees and the legal experts grumbled against his disciples. They said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I didn't come to call righteous people, but sinners to change their hearts and lives. So a very different story, a very different need. The tax collectors, especially in the ancient world, I know even more so than today, and you may be thinking, I really don't like tax collectors now, but tax collectors in the ancient world were seen as pawns of the Roman Empire. They were seen as being very, extremely, highly corrupt individuals that cared nothing about what they were doing, the devastation that they were causing everybody else. It was all about what they could get right then and how they could live comfortably, and no one else mattered. They were full of greed. They were full of corruption. They were full of, how could that person be good, right? I mean, they don't even recognize the humanity in anybody else, so why should we? And this is where Jesus gets really kind of interesting with this story because the need in this is very different. The act of service is very different, but yet the Pharisees are still grumbling, kind of, but before we get to the Pharisees, let's look at what Jesus says to Levi. Jesus obviously had been talking to Levi, but what gets recorded here is follow me. And Levi is like, yep, okay, I'm doing that. I am changing my life. I am changing the way that I work. I am changing the way that I engage in relationships with one another. I am engaging in a new way of living, thinking, and being with the world around me. 
because he's like, yeah, I'm going to follow this Jesus. I am going to follow the way Jesus leads. I'm going to follow Jesus' guidance, which requires a complete overhaul transformation of the way he thinks, of the way he interacts, of the way he is at work in this world. And the Pharisees, Pharisees are ready to pounce, especially when Levi is so overcome, is so transformed, is like, okay, I am getting my life on a different direction. I am ready. Levi is so excited about it that he's like, you know what? I'm throwing a party, big old banquet, and I am inviting the other tax collectors and others. I'm inviting other people who need to have their life transformed by experiencing Jesus, by experiencing the presence of Jesus, by experiencing this transformation. I want my life in a different direction, and I want all those that I know for their lives to go in a very different direction. And so we get to see this where that response of Levi, that response to Jesus of like, wow, Jesus is giving me something so different than what I have been surrounded by that I'm willing to tell all of my friends about it and to invite them on this journey with me. Powerful and upsetting for the Pharisees and the legal experts. But they've learned something since the previous story Right? Jesus asked them the why, what motivates you. And so now the Pharisees ask a why question of, okay, all right, why is Jesus, what is motivating Jesus? Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why are you motivated to hang out with? And here Jesus responds. He responds with, Healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I didn't come to call righteous people, but sinners to change their hearts and lives. And we may be like, wait a minute, so you only came to call part of people, but here's the thing, all of us, all of us screw up. All of us say and do things that we wish we didn't. All of us sin. All of us, all of us are in need of transformation. And so Jesus is putting it out there. All of us, none of us have it all together. And he's kind of like poking a little bit at the Pharisees. Like, are you going to respond to that? Because you think you're too righteous. You got it all together. And Jesus is like, none of us, no, none of you all have it all together. All of us need this new way of living. All of us need this transformation. So what motivates Jesus is that all of us are in need of God's love. All of us are in need of being guided and directed in new and different ways and even when we're like yes no I want that it doesn't mean we're gonna have it perfect and so that's why Jesus keeps calling Jesus keeps asking Jesus keeps saying we can do it come on why Jesus goes to great lengths to say we're all in this together this habit of service this habit of service that moves so far beyond ourselves in all kinds of ways in all kinds of unexpected ways yeah there's some risk with it somebody's going to critique it somebody's not going to be cool with it but it is so transformational that we're willing to throw a banquet and invite a whole bunch of people to it and so to think about that of how that habit of service ripples far beyond our own lives in ways that we can't always imagine 
in ways that maybe come as unexpected, in ways that we were like, wait a minute, that was an act of service? Because it didn't look like what we thought or what we think or what we stereotype that it should. And so Jesus is giving us a way forward in our lives that is exciting, it is transformational, and Jesus keeps calling. And so how will we understand this habit of service for ourselves? This habit of service that Jesus keeps being engaged in and keeps calling and encouraging us to be a part of. How will we allow this habit of service to become a part of our everyday lives? 